Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you. I thank you, Father God, that you're in the midst of every group, every home today. Father, I just thank you that you're there to console them by the Holy Spirit, that you're with them, Father God, that you're comforting them, that you're teaching them, that you're guiding them. Father, I thank you for it. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that that they feel the peace of God that passes understanding, that keeps their mind and their heart in Christ Jesus. Oh, Father God, I just thank you. I thank you, Father God, that as we stand together the best that we can right now, Father, I thank you that you join our hearts. You knit our hearts. Father God, I just thank you. I thank you, Father God, that this morning, that you, you use me, Father God. I, I, I ask you, I ask you, Father God, to minister to these people. I just pour my heart out to you, Lord. And I just thank you that I'll be led by the Spirit of God and things I say and things that I do. Oh, Heavenly Father, we worship you today. Father, we worship you today. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was so blessed uh, this morning when, when I, I, I got an email, and it was, it was about a group from our church here called the Abide Group, the young people, and, and they had decided to go worship God in front of the hospitals. And when they did, well, people got blessed. And, and there was a lady who sent a response and said, you know, everybody was listening. Everybody in the hospital was aware that somebody was out there. And they had a sign and had John 3.16. And, and people were so blessed by that. Another group, they've been reaching out just by, from their house. They have a phone number on, on, their, on their porch that says, if you want to know something about God, I'm probably not doing this right. But if you need prayer and you need encouragement, call this number. They're reaching out to others. They're letting people know how much that God loves them. And they've been getting phone calls too. So opportunities there. I was just thinking that just the other day I, I was called and, and, and I was, oh, thank you, sir. Or thank you, y'all. Praise the Lord. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hallelujah. I was just thinking about the other day when I, I, was, I, caught, I got a call early in the morning and I had an opportunity to go minister. And, and when, I, when I did, I, was, I looked out the door and my wife said, have you seen what happened last night? And we had, uh, I think it was like 50 inches of snow. I'm not sure. But actually, I think it was at least 10. So I knew I was going to have to do one thing. I knew that I was going to have to go out there and move that snow off the driveway and probably a little bit out into the, in the alley there. But this, when I went out there to do it, I started working on it. And all of a sudden, this, this young guy that lives across the alley from me, he came across with a snowblower. And it was like the Calvary. I could see them coming. And when he came across there, he, he did my driveway and did the street there. And I was thinking, wow, I was so blessed by that. He did something to bless me. And, you know, I, it, that's just what we should be doing right now. 
We should be reaching out to people whenever we have a chance. God bless you guys for doing that. Call somebody up and and just pray for them. And so that's what I want to talk about today, that there are opportunities set up right now that, that God, if we're led by the Holy Spirit, he'll show us to reach out to somebody and to help them, to get them maybe through a hard day. But we can do that. When he came across there, I was just thinking, wow. And he's, that's not the first time. That's just how he is. He comes over and he does things for me every once in a while. And in return, I do things for him. I can't do the things. He's real skillful. So I've, I've, I've returned the, the favor by giving them some gift cards to take their kids out to dinner and, or to drink coffee. Uh, the other day, I took a bag of uh, Rhonda's chocolate chip cookies over there. And they were blessed by that kind acts. You know, when you think of the word act, it means this action. And, and whatever is on the inside of you causes you to act. And, and, that's the, and, and then an action happens after that. I know when I was a kid, there were a lot of times that my actions were corrected by my mother and say, don't you act like that. And I remember through the years at Longmont Christian School, if someone was in trouble, then I would bring them into the office a lot of times, and I said, you need to clean up your act. But, you know, it's, it's not always negative. In fact, it's probably mostly positive. God wants us to act. And, and I believe during this time it's important for us to do kind acts for each other. And, and I was thinking of a couple of scriptures that really meant a lot to me, have since I got born again. And the first one was 1 John 4, 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And then another one was this, is 1 John three seventeen. It says, But whosoever has this world's good and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? And so through the years, I've, I've thought about these scriptures, and, and it, it just taught me that, that I need to be a person who acts in a kind way to other people. It's important that we do that. And, and you know, in, in the second part there, now I'm at a place in our life to where we can bless people financially, but we weren't always able to do that. So we made it up by just going over to somebody's house and taking them some dinner or, or to do an errand for them. And I know this is happening all the time. The other night I was talking to a lady on the phone and she said that I asked her if I could do anything for her. And she said, oh, you know, people have been such a blessing to me. They've went and got groceries and brought them to my house. In fact, somebody's bringing over dinner tonight, single lady. And, and about that time, I could hear a garage door come open. And she said, oh, they opened the garage door and they set it inside. And then I go out there and get it. Kind acts everywhere. You know, I, I, there's one, um, I'm going to just give a shout out to one couple in our church, uh, the Heralds, Gordy and Verla. You never leave their house without a gift, never. And there's been even times when my wife and I want to give them something, and when they go there, they will not let you. They'll receive the gift, but they won't let you leave there without being a blessing to you. 
But see, the greatest example that we have is Jesus. In Matthew chapter 9, it starts with verse 35. It says, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion. Compassion is love in action. It means this, to show love, to show pity, to show mercy, to be loved by. And it means this, a a kind act, to act kindly towards someone. And Jesus had compassion. And it says, on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus, he called himself the good shepherd. And the word good is is the Greek word kalos, and it means this, that he was noble and wholesome and good, and he was beautiful. He was the good shepherd. But let me say this today, that I believe everybody needs a shepherd in their life. They need someone, and our staff wants to be a shepherd to you. We want to help you. We want to, we want to be a, a pastor to you and reach out to you and teach you and love you. Love you with all of our hearts. And, and if not, if someone doesn't have a pastor, then it says that these people were confused and they were helpless. God never wants you that way. God never wants you to be alone and confused. He doesn't want you to be confused. And so Jesus, and he had, he had compassion on them. And he said to the disciples, he said, uh, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest, who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the field. And I read a commentary about this, uh, this particular scripture, and I want to share that with you this morning. It's this, true compassion is only found in the nature of God because only God knows the full depth of an individual's pain, need, and suffering. He goes on to say this, Jesus is seen in the essence of his feeling human weakness. That's how Jesus was, and that's how we should be, because we have the Spirit of God that's on the inside of us. Hebrews 4.15 says this, that we had a high priest that understands our weaknesses, and in fact, it goes on to say that he was tempted in every way that we were, but yet he was without sin. The writer goes on to say this, Christ's likeness causes us to, to learn Jesus' heart and compassion, a depth of sensitivity that can be moved through the Holy Spirit. See, that's the key, the Holy Spirit. Reconditioning our hearts to be able to sense the pain of others and to weep with those who weep. See, the Holy Spirit is the heart of God. He, you know, a lot, I've been reading things and I've been hearing this a couple of times. A lot of people think that the Holy Spirit is a force, but the Holy Spirit is a person, a person who's with us. He's God and he's with us all the time and he wants to be with us and he wants to act through us and show us and teach us and comfort us, but he wants to move through us so we could, he could lead us by the Spirit by the spirit and to reach out and touch people. I remember before I was born again that I was a very selfish person. I always just thought about me. And there's, there's a lot of people like that. 
You know, and, and even it may, I think it's even maybe a little bit worse today because people just think about themselves. But I got born again. And it was almost like there was something on the inside of me that clicked. It changed. It, it changed my heart. And, and I remember that, that through the years of ministry that, that I ended up being a children's worker. And, and each week when I ministered to those kids, it was like I, I felt like their shepherd. I felt like their, their, their pastor. And eventually I was their pastor. And, you know, each week I, I couldn't wait. And it's just like now. I can't wait till you guys come because I'm a pastor and I want, to, I want to be with you guys. I want to guide you. I want to rescue you. I want to help you. So this one particular time, uh, I was going on a hospital visit with this friend of mine. His name's Rand. And we always went two by two. So he and I, was, we went together and we went to the hospital. We had heard about this young girl named Stephanie. And, and Stephanie had just become very ill. So when we walked into the hospital room, I remember I saw her in the bed and I saw the look on the parent's face and and my heart was just filled with compassion. I walked over there and I just grabbed her hands and 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 we started talking to them and 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 they found out later that she had diabetes and she's just a little girl laying there. And so Pastor Rand said, "So Pastor Donnie, would you would you like to pray for her?" And I said, yes, and I couldn't. <laughs> it, it was because I felt her hurt so much that I actually couldn't say words. Praise God for Rand, though. You know, he, he pinched hit for me that day, and he stepped up. But you know what? That's what God will do to you. God changes your heart, and he wants you to act like he would act in a situation. In Hebrews 13 and verse 3, it says this, Remember those in prison as if you were there also. I've noticed through the years that, that you know, Larry Haig, there's been people through the years that had Shekinah ministry in our church, and that's who they are. They remember those who are in prison, and they go there and they preach the gospel to these people. Another fellow who's a friend of mine, his name's Terry Villa, or Terry Villa, Terry, I hope you're watching this morning because I appreciate what you do. You know, he, it, there was a time in his life where, where he was incarcerated. He knows what it's like. But there were some people that reached out to him from a church. They reached out to him and began to teach him the scriptures. He's a walking scripture too. And he does it now. Right now, he's paying it forward. He's going to Boulder County Jail at least once, I think once a week. And, and he goes there and he ministers to people and he brings life to their heart. He gets them born again and he teaches them the word of God. And then it goes on to say this, remember also those being mistreated as if you felt their pain in, their, in your own body. And there's times when we the Lord will show us people that are mistreated. I was on a, on a bus ministry um, 
working in the bus ministry one time, and we went out on Saturdays, and we'd go out and knock on doors. And they weren't the best neighborhoods, but we were looking for kids that we could minister to on Sunday morning. And, and I remember that we, some of the things we saw broke our hearts. I remember this, this one particular situation where I went to the door, and it was in the summer, and it was so hot. And, and it gets hot in Texas, by the way. But any, anyway, the door had a screen on it. It was one of those wooden screen doors, but the screen was all pushed out of it. And I could hear in the background some lady, and, and, and it was a lady's voice, and she was just screaming at the top of her, her lungs for, at, at these kids. And, and she, was, she was just being really ornery toward these kids. And then she came to the door, and when I saw this lady... I just, I just had so much compassion for her because you could see how hurt she was. And I heard this a long time ago, and I think it could be true. Hurt people hurt people. <laughs> and she, and she, was, she was being ornery to her kids. And all we had was a bag of Tootsie Rolls and ourselves and a prayer. Can we pray for you? Could we do that? And the other thing we'd like to do, can we give your kids, could we give them uh, some of these Tootsie Rolls? I never saw a kid turn one of them down. They took the Tootsie Rolls, and I said, one more thing, ma'am. Is, is there any way that we could pick them up tomorrow and start bringing them to church? She said, yes. And every week, them little kids, they were so dirty. They, I mean, they were just their clothes and and they were they were just not kept very well but we put our arms around them and we loved them a kind act in Romans 12:15 it says this that that we weep with those who weep and 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 sometimes that it's that way and it's because of the compassion that we have on the inside of us there's another story about Jesus in Luke chapter 19. It starts with verse 41. And it says, But as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. How I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. But now it's too late. The peace is hidden from your eyes. Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close in on you from every side. They will crush you into the ground and your children with you. Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you did not recognize it when God visited you. And this actually happened. It happened in 70 A.D. The Romans came through and crushed it and, and, and destroyed the people. His compassion brought tears for the hardness of all their hearts, that they were blinded by their sin. And see, sin blinds our eyes. I'm full of stories today, but I remember that, that before I was born again, a couple of people told me about Jesus. The first time, this fellow just told me I was going to hell, and he wasn't. He didn't tell me about getting born again, though, and it bothered me afterwards. But this fellow here, I still think of this, that he had been part of our crowd, did the same thing we did. We did things that were not good. 
but he got born again. And I heard he got religion or whatever. You know, it was just we knew that there had been something that was different about him. So I was in the house all by myself. The screen door again is another screen door. And a knock came at the door. And he was there. And he said, hey, can I talk to you? You're who I'm looking for. And he shared with me the gospel. He shared the gospel of Jesus. And he had tears streaming down his face. And he said this, God loves you. And he wants to save you. Again, I rejected him. But he had so much compassion. Love sees beyond the immediate and the personal and compassionately relates to the lost, the hurting, the needy, and the depressed. It motivates us to serve, to serve someone else. That's what love does. That's what compassion is. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24, it says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And you know, I guess that's my purpose today. I want to motivate you today. It would be easy for us just being at the house to just think about us. And, and you know, I, I always use this and watch Netflix. I've never watched Netflix, but I hear that. So, so I'm just going to say that. Or do whatever. Watch something on TV. But see, we need to motivate each other. And I love that there's groups that are doing that right now. They're motivating each other for kind acts. That's why those kids were standing out in front of that, that hospital last night worshiping God. Philippians chapter 2, and it starts with verse 1, it says this. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. And then he says this, don't be selfish. Don't try to, try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourself. You know, this is a time, and, and I don't want this to be too strong, but we need to get over ourselves right now. And we can't think about, even if, even if we're in a bad place, we might be sad or depressed, and, and we're at the house. We can't get out and do our jobs or whatever. But right now is the time. Let's, let's be of one mind. And, and let's think about others even more than we think about our own selves. And so I have a personal, this, this is about our own personal application. You know, Jesus, in, in, in Luke chapter 10, he sent out 70 babes. He sent out 70 new converts, and he told them this. He said, I give you power over the enemy, and so I want you to go preach the gospel. I want you to heal the sick, and, and you know how the story goes. They did it. They obeyed Jesus, and signs and wonders. That, you know, people were healed. They preached the gospel with boldness. And when they came back, they told Jesus, he said this, that even the devils were subject to your name, Jesus. 
Jesus told him, he said, he says, you know, that's good, but here's what you need to rejoice in, that your name is written in heaven. And don't you wish everybody's name was written in heaven? I do. I really do. I want everybody's name to be there. And, and so afterwards, he, he told him this, and I just kept reading the other day, and I saw this, that he said, the father is the only one who knows the son, and the son is the only one who's familiar and knows the father, except for those I choose. And he was talking to his disciples, and there were more disciples now. They were following. And in verse chapter 10 and verse 23, it says, then when they were alone, he turned to his disciples and said, blessed are the eyes that see what you have seen. I tell you, many prophets and kings long to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they long to hear what you've heard and they didn't hear it. And so here's what happened afterwards in verse 25 it says this and behold a certain lawyer now it says lawyer but he was a doctor or a teacher of the law he was probably a pharisee a religious person and he said he stood up and tested him saying teacher what shall i do to inherit eternal life and he said to him it is written in the law what is your reading of it And he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbors as yourself. And and afterwards, Jesus said, he told him this, you've answered rightly, do this and you will live. But he, the lawyer, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? And I think he was saying this, who am I obligated to love? Are there any any, uh, um, exceptions? And he was basically, he was challenging Jesus. And he wanted him to get into some kind of theoretical discussion. But Jesus gave him a practical example. And he goes on, I want to read this to you. And it says, In verse 30, it says, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, it was about 12 miles, and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothes, wounded him, departed, leaving him half dead. And and they did four things. They they, uh, stripped him of his clothes. They took all he had. and, And then they wounded him. They beat him up. And then they just left him. But they didn't just leave him. They left him in his in really bad shape. He was about half dead. Now, I want to say this, that, that if there's somebody out there and, and, and you're dealing with an addiction, it's going to do that to you if you don't get free from it. That's what the world does. The world beats us up. It does. It strips us of our goods. And then it leaves us. And we're dead at least on the inside. We're, we're going to be dead until we know about God. And it says, now by chance, a certain priest, who was sort of like this guy who's asking questions, came down the road. And when he saw him, he pressed by on the other side. Now, wait a minute. The priest is, is like 
I mean, he, he's a person who is, who is like an overseer of people. He should be a shepherd. Am I right? And, and so he's walking down through there. He sees the fellow laying there, and, and he chooses to walk on the other side. He turned a blind eye to someone in need. Heaven forbid that we'd ever do that. Heaven forbid. But the Spirit of God would have done something different. And then it goes on to say this. It says, likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed, passed by on the other side. This guy did the same thing. I mean, he came by, and this says that he looked. He saw someone in need, and he passed by him on the other side. But then it goes on to say this. It says, but a certain Samaritan. Now, he says Samaritan, and, and a Samaritan, there was a group of people that the Jews did not like. Uh, and, and the Samaritans didn't like them either. I was watching this thing on TV. It was a little series that came on during the time that we've been at home. And, and, and it was Jesus with his followers. And he said, hey, we're going to Samaria. And they freaked. They said, oh, what? We can't go there. And they gave him all these reasons. In fact, one of them said this, I've never even talked to a Samaritan. And so basically he went anyway. And that's when he was going to meet the woman at the well. And it says, a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came, I mean, so, I'm sorry, let me find it. As he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion, mercy, and love. Except it's mercy and love in action. Remember, a kind act. So he went to him. And bandaged his wounds, pouring oil on his and pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. Who did the right thing? <laughs> and and this question will come later. But a Samaritan who probably I don't know, I don't know if, why he did this. I, well, really, we do, though, because he acted in a kind way towards someone who was hurting. And it says, on the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii. And two denarii were probably about, I found out that it's, it's about two days' wages. He took that much money out, and he gave it to, uh, to the innkeeper. And, and then he goes on to say this. Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. And so he looks back at this fellow, and he said, So which of these do you think was the neighbor to him who fell among thieves? The man answered and said, He who shows mercy to him. And Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. I hope he did. But see, that's my message for today. I want to be like that Samaritan. You know, I, there's all kinds of boundaries that we have in our life. Someone's this and we're not that or whatever. You know, but in the church, it's not that way. We are all brothers and sisters. 
So the first thing that I wanted to say today is as brothers and sisters, we need to love one another. We need to act on the Spirit of God on the inside of us. And see, the the key is the Holy Spirit. I've noticed that during this season, when I'm praying, the Holy Spirit will tell me, I want you to call this person. I want you to reach out to this person. And and you know what? I I know it's, you know, most people text most people send a text, how you doing or whatever, but I like to do the voice thing. I like to call people and reach out to them. So over the phone, at least over the phone, they can feel, I really believe you can feel someone's heart a whole lot more than you can on a script unless you're a really good writer and I'm not. I have trouble even returning a text. So that works for me. But I want to encourage you to do that. You know, think about when you're praying, think the Lord's going to quicken to you. There's a couple of times in the, just the last few years, and, and that's, this has happened to me, one of them. And both times it was to call my cousin, two different cousins. One time I called him, and when I started talking to him, I found out that he was very ill. And, and, uh, and so I, was, I, I got a chance to pray for him. And, and, you know, he knows I'm a pastor. And he received it. He, he's not active in church. In fact, he, he has a background of being hurt in church and doesn't have a good taste about church at all. But you know what? He still opened up his heart to let me pray for him that day. And so a couple of years later, just a couple of years ago, I had, to, I had really a burden to call one of my cousins again. And so this time when I reached out to him, he did not respond very well. He didn't respond. He says, yeah, I heard you were trying to get a hold of me. What do you want? I said, I don't want anything, man. You're my cousin. I love you. I just called you, and I just wanted to see how you're doing. I'm doing fine. And he, he, it was like I was totally shot down. But still, does it matter? Does it matter? What mattered was I did what God told me to do. I called him, and I reached out to him. And, and I did what God asked me to do. So in these days that you're home alone, maybe you're praying with your wife or whatever, I want you to act on that. Could we have some music? Um, I want you to act on that, and I want you to reach out to someone. Again, bringing up those, those ideas. People have a lot of good ideas, and during this time, they are being, it's, it's almost like being mobilized to do something to reach out to someone else. But it's the Holy Spirit. I, I, I want to I give a shout out to a couple of groups. The men's group. I know that you're still meeting together. And, and I, really, I really see how close you are to each other and how much you care. And I could really see that this week in, in, in something that I was involved in. And, and I was with a guy named Joe. And, and, and Joe, I want to tell you this morning, you are an awesome friend an awesome friend. You went the extra mile and God saw that and he's going to bless you for that. But see, that's what they do. They're brothers. They call themselves brothers. They reach out to each other and the ladies do the same thing. I think they probably do more texting. Maybe everybody does more texting, but they're reaching out to people and they're letting them know how much that they love them letting them know how much they care for them and asking a question like, hey, can I do anything for you? I have a sister. She's a twin. 
And uh, she's married to Van, who's actually Rhonda's brother. And, and, you know, I don't know of a couple who does more to reach out to their friends. And it's not just a phone call. They, they mobilize. They're, they're mobile. They're always there. They knock on their door. They take food. They cook things. They go over and sit with them in the hospital. They do this all the time. I'm so proud of you guys. You're such an example to me. And I bet she's watching today. I love you, sis. I love you, Van. But see, that's, that's how we should be. Have compassion. And if you will just spend some time with the Lord, he will show you what you need to do. And it won't be long, you guys. I, I keep saying that. It won't be long till we're here together. Won't that be awesome that when we're, getting, when we're all together again, it'll be so good that we can hug each other. Or, I don't know. We might have to still social distance or whatever. But the time is coming. We're the church, and we love each other, and we love others. We reach out to those who don't know Jesus and bring them into this family of God. Hallelujah. Everyone needs the opportunity to know about Jesus. So I just want to pray for you this morning. Father, I just thank you. Hopefully, hopefully that I did what you wanted me to do. I believe I did. But Father, I just thank you that the Spirit of God is in every home right now. Father, I thank you that you're calming them. I thank you, Father God, that you're healing their bodies. And you're at the same time, you're bringing peace to their minds and their hearts. Father God, I thank you that the spirit of stress has, has no part of any family. I bind it in the name of Jesus. Father God, I just thank you that you're, you're loving them, that your arms are around them and you're touching them. Hallelujah. Maybe they can pretend they're mine, that I'm reaching out to them because I love them dearly. Father, I thank you that you supply all of their need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Father, I just thank you that they're never alone. You're always there. You never leave us. You never forsake us. You're always ever-present help in a time of need. Hallelujah. It's because of the compassion that you have (laughs) for us all. Father, we worship you today. And Father, we just thank you again for the day we're all together. But right now, I believe we're all together in the spirit. Father, I thank you that you love us so much. I thank you for these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Miss Rhonda and I love you so much. The staff, all the pastors, we all love you guys so much. And, and, and even if it's a, a call or whatever, hallelujah. Write this number down, 303-931-6388. That's my phone number. Hallelujah. If I hadn't called you, you can call me. And we're going to ramp it up again. We're going to start calling people. We've been kind of busy this last week, or I, I just got distracted. But we're going to start calling you again, and we're going to reach out to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See you soon.